Hello, this is Kristen McDonald, and welcome to Second Vision. My guest today is Mike Overly. Mike is an energy healer, canine partnered energy coach, an author, and a lifelong dog fanatic. He has had a gift of connecting with animals since he was a small child, and now he helps other men awaken to their gifts available to them from their dogs and discover their path to living an extraordinary life. You can find Mike at www.dogsandman.com, and you can also find him here today. How are you, Mike? I'm outstanding. How are you? I'm doing terrific, thank you. I'm glad we finally connected. So, yeah, I've been waiting for this. I know, me too. I'm really happy that you that you found uh, you know, the show and my website and that uh, that we have you on today. So, it's very interesting. I've been reading about your background and how you had tried everything and you were sort of lost until you got into this business. Firstly, why do you just work with men? I was curious. Um, what happened to the women? <laughs> oh, the women are they're trying harder. They're doing better. I think the men need a lot more help, and they're not willing to ask for it. Very interesting. Wow. Okay. So, um, and you've also worked with guide dogs. Obviously, you're you're trained in that. Um, yeah, not guide Being, dogs, but I've worked with a lot of animals. Um, so, help people the most support animals. Um, right. Kind of low-level dog training. I'm not a dog trainer, but I, I just notice things that people don't pick up on a lot. So so you're not a dog trainer, so you're more of a dog intuitive? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a man trainer who's also a dog intuitive. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, so tell us, what does that mean? What kind of what kind of coaching does that entail? What what is what are our dogs trying to tell us? Oh my God! So at our core, um, which is where our dogs see us, is a place that we don't even remember. We don't remember that we are enough, that we're okay, and we spend our lives trying to validate ourselves through you know other people's permission and other people's perspectives, um, all the stuff we accumulate, houses and cars and that kind of thing. When we we don't need all of that, but we're told that to be successful in life, we must do all these things and, you know, get this degree and get this job title and have this position, make this much money. And our dogs bring us right back down to exactly where we started, which was enough. They give us what we need um, when we're not able to give it to ourselves. Oh, that's really nice. And it, I mean, it's so true. The old saying, dogs, you know, is a man's best friend. So... I mean, how are dogs trying to tell us something? You know, do you think dogs are intuitive? I mean, I, I know for myself, having lost my eyesight, there are a couple special dogs. One of my best friends, little uh, mini Yorkie, she used to get so frustrated because as I was losing my sight, I couldn't see the ball, you know, in front of my foot to to throw the ball for her. But she caught on so quickly, and I'm the only person that she comes and she nudges me and then drops the ball. And 10 years later, I went back to see that dog. She did the same thing. She knew that I was not going to pick up that ball and throw it for her, but she kind of <laughs> nudged me. And so I was so impressed. Well, yeah, animals have this, this other type of wisdom, I'll call it. And, you know, we, we tend, humans tend to think of themselves as, as being intelligent, right? We're top of the food chain. We have these big brains. We can do all these amazing things and create these beautiful structures. But we, we lose ourselves in our ability to tap into the most simple things. And animals don't really forget that stuff. That's just how they live. They're in a constant state of being. Um, they're not trying to impress the dog next to them, right? They're, 
there's no, there's no competition for for uh, for resources. You know, they don't care about oil and gas prices. Um, no. No. So yeah, they or the they're, coronavirus. They're, <laughs> exactly. They're they're just more intuitive, right? They, it's yeah. a state that they just really don't lose. Um, we lose it because we we kind of forget what's important. Um, but they help remind us of that. I mean, look, look at how, look how intelligent that dog was. It could tell absolutely that he able to do certain in a certain way, and said, "Oh, okay, let's do it this way." Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And they have simple pleasures, you know, eating, sleeping, getting outside, like we did as kids. <laughs> it, oh, you hit on something big there. So I, I have a friend who's uh, she's quiet and she's so intuitive, like it's scary. Um, you know, as far as the psychic sense, she does energy readings. But she talks about how um, kids and animals run their energies similarly. So there's something, That's interesting. There's something really important there. Yeah, yeah. K- kids spend more time in a happy space and being able to easily access joy than adults can. So oh, really so much more. There. So much mm-hmm. more. And we lose that over time. You know, we have to take courses in it and remind ourselves and meditate and uh, <laughs> find the joy, you know, and try not to get anxious, try not to get angry, try not to get frustrated, try not to get depressed. There's a whole business on it, you know. So so what is what are your courses like and what do they entail? What do you do? Let's say I'm a, a client and I come to you and I, I want to figure out, you know, how to be closer to my dog or how my, how to communicate with my dog, what my dog is trying to tell me. Well, the, the folks that I work with the most are actually, they're in a place in their life where there's, they just, they don't feel fulfilled, right? They, they've been successful. Hard work has definitely not been an, off, been an issue for them, but they, the, the degree doesn't mean anything or the amount of money they're making that just doesn't fulfill them like it used to. And they, they know that there's something more out there for them. These people are actually willing to change. So the work that I do, um, for some folks, it's just an online course as a starter, and that's absolutely fine. Other folks want to go deep into a coaching program and do some really, you know, some heavy, look at all the nasty stuff type of work. So it it depends on where the person's at, what they're really wanting, and how dedicated they are to actually taking better care of themselves. But they're always working with their dog, right? I mean, yeah, your yep. courses sound exactly. independent of of animals. The way you said that, but they're not, right? It's always they come to you. They're they're dog owners, and they want to communicate better with their dog, but they also want to find a deeper sense of meaning for their own life. Exactly. So you know, there there might be certain behavioral problems that someone's having with their dog, and what they may not realize is that they may be part of the problem. So, um, of if it's, course, if it's more the of dogs dog pick up the energy. Thing, yeah. Yeah. People's energy can be off and they don't even realize it. If mm-hmm. it's more of a, just a simple training thing, then I, I usually refer them out because I'm, I, again, I'm not a dog trainer. I know, I know a ton of fantastic trainers, but mm-hmm. if a person is looking for more lasting change in themselves and is willing to realize that their dog's been trying to show them stuff the whole way through, um, those are the folks I'll work with. Very interesting. So you're working with the dog owner's energy because the energy is so contagious, as we all know. Positive energy you got is contagious, it. and yeah, I mean it's very, it is very true. When you meet someone and you think, well, God, how did that dog turn out that way? He barks. He's demanding. He's, and um, I'm not blaming all people for that, but I'm saying it's very interesting, isn't it? And some dogs are just they have this quiet. 
disposition. And, of course, you know, many of them are rescues, so you never know where they've been and what has happened to them in the past, too. You know, so rescues mm-hmm. are very different, very different scenario, don't you think? Uh, yeah. So my last three dogs have been rescues, and mm-hmm. um, they've all taught me just the most amazing and valuable lessons. I mean, I, because of my last dog, Darby, I wrote, you know, he's, he was the catalyst for the greatest change in my life. And he was one of the biggest reasons that, that I wrote my book. Wow, interesting. And and what's the name of your book? Your book became a course, too, didn't it? Yeah, yep. So the book is called Let Your Dog Lead. And I turned that into an actual course. It's it's very simple, but it requires, it requires some introspection. It requires you to ask some really tough questions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now, why do you think men are less afraid to ask for help or or just won't you know it's like they don't like to stop and ask directions either <laughs> yeah well because we're we're raised not to we're raised mm-hmm. in, this, in this other way that we have to be completely independent that we have to be able to do it all ourselves that um you know we can't express anything but basically anger um and it's it's actually fascinating if, you know people are actually starting to study this now um, and unfortunately, both parents contribute to that because that's what they know a lot of times. They don't understand what they're doing, but they're trying to raise girls to be a certain way, men to be a certain way, and, you know, the two shall never meet. Right, right. And and what kind of dogs have you, uh, people and dogs have you worked with with disabilities, you know, like, um, what do they call them, anxiety dogs for people with anxiety or... There's a whole list of them, so right? The, yeah. yeah the, the biggest thing for, that is really, really becoming um, kind of mainstream now is uh, service animals for, um, for people with PTSD. Right, so, right. Um, so it's, it's primarily been more of a focus on the veteran community, mm-hmm. um, you know, our, our brave men and women who are out there giving it all. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're realizing that, that trauma means more than just, you know, seeing your buddy blowing up next to you. And that civilians have been suffering trauma, um, you know, forever, but no one recognized it. No one could put it together. It doesn't right. have to be like one large sentinel event. It could be cumulative of different things that happened over a period of time. Right. So, um, you know, I mean, everybody's animal, if, if framed in the right aspect, everybody's dog is an, an is an emotional support dog, right? Right, right. Yeah, and I've seen these things on TV where the <clears throat> excuse me, where the dogs help empty the dishwasher and I mean there's some really amazing stories. Yeah. Oh yeah. So some of these animals are trained so highly. It's like, "Oh my god. You know, th- this dog is going to be teaching me the rest of my life." <laughs> Unbelievable, and you just expect the dog to talk. Yeah. Oh, they are. So, they are, we're, they we're are talking with... in their own way. So, you know, do yeah. you think dogs are very intuitive? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they. You know, you can, a dog can sense your energy from way far off. I mean, we're we're so deeply connected. We just don't realize it because we don't we don't know that we used to be able to tap into that as kids. We knew that. But dogs, well, they can they tell an earthquake coming. You know, they hide under the couch. I mean, days before. I mean, they're they're very very tuned into the earth. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, and it's all energy, right? Mm-hmm. It is uh, energy is everything, you know. With with um, of course with human beings, you know, your your spiritual, emotional, physical, all of it is. That's how we get around. It's our energy, you know. Our body's just a vessel. 
Exactly. It's just a vehicle. It's got to be powered yeah. by something. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So what were you doing before going into this kind of, you know, coaching for before you founded Dog Sandman? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh, my God. I've done all kinds of cool things. I've been a ski instructor um, and a race coach, but um, most of my time was spent usually in an operating room or emergency department, level one trauma center, taking care of people. I spent a lot of time in, in those, those critical care environments, taking care of people. Um, and I, you know, I was trying to save the world in my own way. I was trying to help everybody else. And it wasn't until my brother died about five years ago that I realized that, holy crap, I got to start taking care of myself. Um, and that's, that's what this was all born out of. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry about your brother. So that was acted as a catalyst for you to make a change. Oh, it was huge. I mean, and I I grieved. I mean, I was rolling around, writhing in pain. I had no idea what was going on. I thought I was going to be ripped in half. Mm. But what came out of that was, was the ability to start releasing things that I've been carrying, and you know, stuff around rage and shame and all this stuff in there that I never dealt with and just I hid. I forgot I even had it, right? So yeah. um, after that, I had this amazing dog who turned out to be an energy healer. Actually, they all are. And he started showing me all these incredible things. And it was because of my brother's death and then subsequently having Darby in my life that my eyes started opening. And I was just like, oh, my God, I need to go help people with this. Well, that's beautiful. And I read on your website, too, you were saying that until we're quiet, you know, we can't figure anything out. You know, I forgot how you worded it, but it's so true. So do you give people exercises in that when they come to you about, you know, trying to communicate with their dogs and stuff? You said, are you ready to slow down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a, um, there's a chapter in my book. I, I won't repeat it here, but it's slow the F down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's really true. We're, we're so frenetic and, and bouncing around all the time and constantly. Wired. Um, we, we're addicted to thinking, right? We're completely addicted to thinking. So if we can step out of that, even just a little bit at a time, it's like, oh, hey, this is kind of nice. <laughs> and you, you gain a completely different perspective. So, You know, that's kind of a neat way to put it, we're addicted to thinking, because it's the same thing as saying, get off your phone. Because uh, even if some of it's mindless, but I mean, I find, especially have, during the pandemic and post-pandemic, I'm trying to do less news, but I'm always reading something. I always have to have something in my ear, learning, learning, or occupying my time, uh, especially, you know, with the vision loss. But it's not a good thing. You have to stop and breathe and just be quiet because the answers come when you're quiet. Yes. Yeah. So in, in that stillness, and I, I study a lot of Eckhart Tolle, and yes. that's where I got that yes. phrase. Yes, I love Eckhart thinking. Tolle. Oh, God, I love that little guy. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but he talks about this about the stillness, and there's there's actually a Cherokee word. I believe I'm saying it correctly. It's T O A T I Y O W E H, and it references the stillness inside of us. It's always there, but we forget about it, and we and we have trouble accessing it. Yeah. And so, having an animal, whether it's a um, a guide dog or a therapy dog or just a rescue dog or a a dog from the, you know, the um, the pet store. It really does force you to kind of slow down, doesn't it? To just be with nature and be out there walking and, and having to care for something else, too. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there, there's just there's so much more available to us if we can just pay a tiny bit more attention to something else. Mm-hmm. Right? Attention. Yeah, energy goes where attention flows. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So can you give us, you know, one or two examples of things from your book or people listening? And, and would people with guide dogs also benefit from your courses? It sounds like they would. Yeah, I mean, I, I think anybody who's open to to seeing something in a different way. In a different benefit. way, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we see the, the service dogs are these amazing, you know, they provide all these different roles, right, for people. Let's say, let's say for someone who's blind. They help yes. you get around without going off a curb, without getting hit by a car, without or a cliff falling <laughs> down the steps, or a cliff. Yeah, um, but they also provide emotional support along the way. Yes. And what if there was more? What if that dog was giving you something else? And sit with that for just a few minutes. And what I like to do, tell people just to, to slow down, is to sit with your dog, close your eyes, and so slowly run your hand over their body, right? Not just mm-hmm. like, not scratch or a big pat on the head, but slowly just feel that amazing animal. Feel all the muscles underneath the skin. Feel what that fur feels like, each little piece of hair running underneath your hand. You turn this into a meditation. You just start to begin to notice things a little differently. That's beautiful. Beautiful. So what's your next webinar? You know, we, we're running out of time Uh but before we close, you know, if you give people the name of your book and your courses and your website one more time and anything else you'd love to share with the world now that we have you. Okay. Yeah. So the website is www.dogsandmen.com. There is a link to my book on there. There is a link. Um, if you scroll to the bottom, click on the picture of me and Darby. It takes you to a, a whole, like dozens of uh, other shows I've been on and a link to the book. Um, there's courses in there. I'm hosting a summit actually starts on March 18th for a couple of days. Um, not sure when this is coming out, but I'm going to leave it on there so people can still go log in and, and you know, listen to all the amazing presentations from other huge, um, animal lovers like myself who know that animals are there to heal us. Very exciting. And tell me, so is this a thriving business? I mean, people have found you and, and, um, you know, you're actively coaching and out there, it's it's an unusual niche, you know. It is, it is, and it it has taken some time to get off the ground. People, they, they people still go, you do what? Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but no, we're we're gaining speed, and um, God, I'm getting requests from all. I get a lot of requests from women too. Are you only work with men? You know, it's really interesting. Yeah, I'm sure they're sad, saying, "Hey, what about me?" Yeah. So I, I will help anybody who comes to me, whether it's a direct coaching experience or not. Sometimes it's I'll refer someone to somebody else or whatever it is. But, I, you know, I'll always have a conversation. I don't care who it is. I'll, I'll, I'll help you all I can. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, you're doing great things, Mike. I really appreciate your time today sharing your story and, and, um, and all about your coaching business. It's very fascinating. So for those of you listening, I'm Kristen McDonald for Second Vision. My guest today, Mike Overly. And you can check out his website and his new books. And I hope you have a blessed day. Thank you so much for listening.